Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. This is the first time we've actually tag team preached. I think we've done it in a way that I'll come up and minister, and then Lily would come out and share a word. But this is the first time that we're sitting at a table together, and we're going to tag team preach. And so I think the way we're going to do it is uh, when I share, I'm going to tap Lily, uh, give her a high five, and then she can come up and minister. Uh, we're just going to play and see what the Lord will do. Um, but as we're kind of preparing for today and we're like, God, what do you want to share? What do you want to do? Um, is it going to just be about testimonies and just encouraging the body? Or would you like us to share a word? And uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning and he said this. He says, there's going to be a transition from the ways of this world into the kingdom world. I'll say that again. There's going to be a transition this morning from the ways of the world, the kingdom of this world, to the kingdom of God. And I believe this morning that God is pulling some people from what looks appealing, what looks good in the ways of this world, but it will never satisfy. And he's pulling you over to the ways of this kingdom, the kingdom of the world, so the kingdom of God. And he's going to empower you with your identity, restored wonder, and to be filled with the power and authority of the kingdom. And so I feel this morning that as we share these testimonies, that there's going to be a breaking of the appetite of this world and a shifting to the appetite of the kingdom. That who knows that you can't be lukewarm. You can't have your foot in the kingdom of this world and desire things from the world and then have your foot in the kingdom of God and kind of fluff around in church or read your Bible once a month and say that, yes, I'm dwelling in the kingdom. The truth is you have to pick one or the other. You're in the world or you, you're in the kingdom of God. And I believe this morning there's going to be a, trans, uh, a transition. There's going to be a transfer from people living in this place where they're desiring things of this world, such as uh, power and what they can gain, uh, what they can do by themselves, uh, getting your own fulfillment through money, through jobs, through po uh, positions, through other things. And I feel like there's going to be now a transition into the king, uh, kingdom of God where Jesus is your greatest fulfillment, where Jesus is now the place where you find refuge. And the good news, friend, this morning is that in Jesus, you are completely fulfilled. In Jesus, he meets every need. In Jesus, you are fully satisfied. I love what uh, Todd White says. He says, all that God is asking you to do is give up something that you were never created for. You were not created to get fulfillment by temporary materialistic things or natural things that will one day fade away. But you're called to live in eternity, to live in the kingdom of God, to live in intimacy with the Father that you were meant to be reconciled back to so that you can live a life fulfilled and you can see the world around you transformed. Amen? Am I preaching to anyone this morning? There's going to be a transfer. There's going to be a transition into living in the kingdom of God this morning. Come on. Awesome. I would love to, um, I want to read a scripture to you and then we're going to jump in and I will share some testimonies and we'll see what God is releasing this morning. But if you have your Bibles, feel free to open it. We're going to have it on the screen. Uh, but I'm going to read from the Passion Translation this morning. So it might seem a little bit different, um, but the Passion Translation is incredible. It comes with great weight, great passion. And uh, it really reveals um, what was happening in, in the Hebrew and Greek text. It really expands on the expression and the passion that was spoken. And so this morning I'm going to read from 1 John 3, verse 1. And I'll read it to you. And if you have your Bibles, feel free to open it. If not, I believe it's going to be on the screen. But this is what it says. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished upon us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. The reason the world does not recognize who we are is that they did not recognize Him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what will become, what we will become. But we do know that it's going to be uh, finally made visible. We will be just like Him, for we will see as He truly is. And all who focus their hope on Him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. And as I was reading the scripture this morning and just hearing the voice of the Lord about what he want to release today, the Lord highlighted three invitations. I'll say that again. Three invitations for us to step into this morning. The first invitation is restored wonder. I believe that through these testimonies, God is wanting to restore your wonder. I feel like when we get saved in the beginning, uh, we get really excited about the things of God. We're like, wow, I now have a new life in Jesus. You know, 2 Corinthians 15. I'm now a, a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And this is amazing. And you have these amazing worship moments. Emotional, you encounter the love of the Father. But after a couple months or years, it starts to fade. 
And you're like, God, where is this wonder? Where is my passion again for you? It seems like I'm just coming to church to attend and for community, but I'm not encountering you anymore. I believe this morning that God is wanting to restore this wonder, that you would remain in a place of being an awestruck wonder of the Father, that you would be like, God, I'm encountering you over and over again. You know, encountering the Father wasn't meant to be a one-time deal. It's not when you get saved that you encounter God and then you're set for life. The truth is, is we're, we're meant to remain in encounter. Simply this, we're meant to become an encounter so that others can encounter God. We, we are meant to live in constant communication and affection with the Lord. And I pray this morning that we would step into a place where we're constantly feasting and feeding from the Lord. That it's not we're living for the next moment or the next testimony or the next miracle, but the miracle becomes a constant thing in our life. It becomes something that we're always engaging in God in, that we constantly meet with Him. You know, in my life, I truly meet with God all the time. He, he's a father in my life. He, he's a friend in my life. He's all things to me. I continuously have encounters with the Lord. And I believe today that God is releasing an invitation for us to step back into the wonder, to look at Him and be like, wow, God, you're so incredible. You're so amazing. You're all that I want. You're all that I need. And that we're in this place where it's just about Him, that we're fixated upon Him, that our gaze is upon Him. Do you guys believe that this morning? Are you guys excited to hear some testimonies? Come on. Yes, it's going to be amazing. May we never lose our wonder in Jesus' name. Um, I just want to share a quick testimony from Africa, um, from Tanzania, Africa. Um, we were at an orphanage, and um, it was actually an infant orphanage. So there was probably 75 infants, three and under, So, which was just overwhelming to begin with because you see all these babies that have been dropped um, you know, just some, some in a forest, some in a dumpster. It's found in a dumpsters. Um, and it was just so overwhelming to be there and see all these tiny little babies um, that you just felt so much love for. So we came into the orphanage, and we just started praying for every child. And when we stepped in, one of the first um, kids that drew was this beautiful baby girl that we picked up, and I actually ended up, like, holding her the whole time we were there on my back, the African way, which is awesome. Um, but we found out that this little girl had HIV positive. So we didn't know that in the beginning. So the whole time we were walking, we just got to pray for her and just like release the healing of heaven. And then after our time, we got to sit down with um, the mama of the orphanage who oversees the whole orphanage. And she started sharing testimonies. And one of the testimonies was in the last five years since Dennis and his team has been coming to the orphanage, five kids got healed from HIV. Can we just give Jesus a shout for that? And she said, before you guys came today, I was praying that your eyes or like your attention would be drawn to this little girl that currently has HIV. So she was just so overwhelmed that that's the little girl that we were drawn to and ended up um, speaking, um, spending time with. So we're just believing that that's going to be one more child completely healed of HIV. And also in that moment, um, the lady the mama of the orphanage, she had a brace on her ankle and um, she got in an accident six years ago and for the past six years she's been in constant pain. So we got to pray for her and God completely healed her. Um, she her brace and was walking the rest of the time completely pain free. So God is so good. So in that, I just want to say like kind of what Jack was saying, like may your wonder be restored. God is moving today and it's not something foreign and I want to encourage you that it's not only in Africa or somewhere in third world nations but God is moving here in Philadelphia and we see testimonies like this here all the time and yes like we went on this trip and we're going to share testimonies from that trip but I want to say like stay in wonder to what God is doing God is moving today God has been moving he's yesterday today and forever the same and that's the goodness of just who he is so um, that's one of the testimonies that we wanted to share and just restore your wonder that God can heal the craziest things from HIV to cancer to just a simple thing as a cold. Like nothing is impossible for our Father in heaven. Amen? Yeah, that's so good. And, and it's true. I think a lot of times in life we let our situations dictate our belief. Yeah. But the truth is we need to allow the scriptures to dictate what we believe. That it's not about what we see. It's not like, oh, this hasn't happened or this may never happen. But it's about what the scriptures say because this is true. If you believe that this is God, inspired by the Lord, that this is, this is truth, and all these miracles are in here, this means that it's for us today. Yeah. Let's not let our situation dictate our belief. But, and let's allow the scripture, the word of the Lord, 
to dictate what's meant to be our reality. This is the reality for all believers. It's in the scriptures. It says this. It says the greatest commission. This is what it is. To go into all the world. Preach the gospel. You know, cast out demons. Raise the dead. Heal those with leprosy. This was the commandment of the Lord. He said, hey, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in you. And now it's your job now to go into the world and see it completely transformed. You know, sometimes people ask us like, okay, great. That's for missionaries. That's for ministers. You know, they can carry that revelation. But what do I do if I'm called to be a doctor? What do I do if I'm called to be a lawyer? What do I do if I'm called to be a school teacher? The truth is, it's the exact same for you. Why you're being a doctor, why you're being a teacher, why you're doing, uh, you know, you're uh, being a lawyer, why you're a student, that you're meant to walk in this reality of casting out demons, raising the dead, praying for people that are sick, prophesying life into people, that it doesn't change job description. It's the same job description. You have the Holy Spirit. Now it's releasing the Holy Spirit wherever you are. And we're seeing this in amazing different ways. Like I remember when I was in Australia, where I'm originally from, and I was working a nine to five job, getting ready, ready to go to a, a ministry school in California. And uh, I used to have lines of people uh, waiting for me to pray for them at my desk at work because the word got out that I was praying for people and the Lord was healing them. And so it doesn't change. It's not, hey, this is my job. This is what I have to do. And then later on when I get to church, I can think about God's stuff. It's meant to be every day, all day, that we're in communion with the Father and we're releasing the good news everywhere we go. Amen? And so I hope that encourages you that it's for everyone. It's for every believer. It's for every moment that we're meant to walk in that communication with the Father. I think uh, one thing that was really cool about being there was there was such a display of hunger. There were so many people just hungry, and not just hungry for God, but hungry for hope. And so over there in Africa, in Tanzania, a lot of people, uh, they're tied to witchcraft. And they go to witchcraft because this is something that they can get a solution for. And so they have all different types of uh, potions that witch doctors have. Some of these potions are helping with fertility for people to get pregnant. Um, some of these uh, potions are for wealth and for prosperity and different things like that. And so they go to these witch doctors to get a solution for their issues, to get you know, a, a solution for something that they need breakthrough in. And so everyone is in lack, man. It's crazy. People are so broken. They're so hurt. They're looking for spiritual help. They're looking for natural help through finances, all different types of stuff. And so there's this hunger there where it's like, whatever you have, give it to me. I want to receive it. And what's amazing is when you give them Jesus, it fulfills them. It changes everything. You know, a witch doctor will come in and give them a potion, and it will only last a little time. And then what will happen is the witch doctor will release spirits, demonic spirits, to come and uh, torment people, uh, to fulfill people. And they, they come into this place where they're, they're scared and they have fear. They've got anxiety and stress. That when the enemy gives you something, it does not bear great fruit. It's all deception. He's a deceiver. But when Jesus comes in and he releases healing and restoration and eternal life, people are truly transformed. And we really saw this in Africa, in Tanzania, people getting completely transformed by the power of the gospel. It was amazing. I remember we were in the city in Kagoma, and we're walking around, and uh, we had all these kids come and follow us. They're like, hey, we want to follow you. And so they're following us around. We're talking to them. We bought some of them shoes. They had no shoes. And we're just loving on them and just being a father and just speaking truth into them. Like, hey, you can do all things if you put your mind to it. That God's got an amazing plan for you. And just, uh, I guess, expanding a future of hope that they can step into. And I remember we're walking around, and immediately we got surrounded by all of these mamas. There was all these moms that came around and just surrounded us, and they wanted money. And we said to them, hey, look, money we do not have, but what we have is the Holy Spirit. And we want to give you Jesus. He'll change everything. And they looked at us and they're like, yes, we want this. And as we started to minister the gospel and tell them what Jesus did on the cross and tell them the, the, the price that Jesus bought them with and that now they can be set free and step into eternity, they, they, they started to receive this message. And the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, there's three women here that have stomach issues and I want to heal them right now. And so I asked the ladies, I said, hey, um, does anyone have pain in their stomach right now? And three of the women, they raised their hand. They said, yes, I have severe pain in my stomach. We prayed for them, and the Lord radically healed them in that moment. They encountered the supernatural power of Jesus, and they got transformed. And here they are in a moment now where they're receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so there was a high level of hunger. It was amazing. Hey. Yeah, um, definitely something overwhelming to see, like, the need all around. Everywhere you look is the need. But I think um, even in our lives here today, we can also, I think a lot of it is what we focus on. 
because all of us can also focus on our needs and things that we lack. But I think one thing that stood out to us is just like, yes, you will find need everywhere. We could find need in our own lives. They find need in theirs, that they might not have enough food and they need healing. Just like all of us might say we need more money. But I think the one thing that stood out for us um, is just like Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. And that we don't come to Jesus for him to give us stuff. Because a lot of times we, we may have this you know, thing of like, come to Jesus, you'll be happy and you'll have everything. But like, that's not why we go to Jesus. Yes, that's the benefit of it in a sense. But we go to Jesus because he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And he's the one that we want to give our whole life to. Even if we got nothing in return, the fact that he died on a cross and paid it all is already enough. And we don't need anything else. So just um, realizing, you know, like sometimes the way we want to preach the gospel is like, oh, come to Jesus and everything will be good. But the Bible doesn't say that. We come to Jesus because of the price that he paid for us that we now get to live in freedom and have eternal life, which is already more than anything we could ever ask or, like, seek. Um, so that was just something that stood out to me that, like, the biggest gift is Jesus. And if people have Jesus, they may not have, you know, all the money or all the food or whatever, but they have hope. They have hope for eternity. They have hope and they have joy, and they're filled with everlasting life. And that is the biggest gift any of us can have that any of us can give to others. And it kind of just challenged me. And it's like, um, us living in the States, like, what are we doing to share the gospel? Are we reaching out to our neighbors, our coworkers, or, you know, our the, ki the kids we're in school with? And are we sharing the greatest gift that we've ever received? Are we sharing this good news of eternal life and just the fact that what Jesus did? Um, so, yeah, let that sink in and just encourage you to like think about like what can I do to share this good news with everybody around me because it's not a selfish gospel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. That's, that's powerful. The second thing I, I found in scripture that the Lord was speaking to us this morning uh, about an invitation in the kingdom of this world, uh, in the kingdom of God, sorry, is becoming his very own. Is that there's something that happens is when you step into the kingdom of God, you start to step into a place where you realize who you are and whose you are that you belong to God, that you're a son, that you're a daughter, but also you step into your royal identity uh, that, that now you are right standing with the Father, that, that you are now righteous, that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you as uh, sinful. He doesn't see you as broken and lost. He doesn't see you as someone that's an outcast, that when God looks at you because of Jesus, he now sees you through the lens of Jesus. So he sees you like Jesus, which is amazing. And so our job is to remain in him so the Father can see us like him. And so the scriptures say this, we are an ambassador of Christ. And as you know, that if you have an ambassador come to a city or a region or, you know, wherever in that nation, uh, that they are actually directed and seen as the same authority as the one they were sent from. And so as ambassadors of Christ in this world, we're meant to be seen like Jesus, that people will see us and they're like, wow, that's Jesus. Where people see us walking down the street, wow, that person looks and acts like Jesus. Is that that's what it means. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're a royal priesthood. We're now sons and daughters. That people would see us like him. And I love the scripture that says that we're now seated in heavenly places. That we're seated on the right hand of the Father. Isn't that amazing? Because it's not about what you do. It's not about what you've done. But it's all about what he did on the cross. You know, the, the message of the gospel actually has nothing to do with us. The message of the gospel has everything to do with Jesus. And to be filled with the gospel, with the good news, is to be someone that's died to self. That we're completely surrendered. We're like, God, I give up my life. I give up my ambitions, my ways. The things that I fleshly desire, I give it up and I now give you place that you would reign and you would have dominion in me. That that's what the good news is. That's what Jesus did. He died on the cross as us and he rose from the dead as us. That we would look like that we would be dead and now be resurrected in life. You know, a lot of times we preach the gospel that he died for us, and that's true. He did die for you, but he also died as you. Remember, Jesus was completely pure and holy. He had no sin. And so he was not worth, he was not meant to have that punishment, but he did on your behalf. He did as you, so that you would be resurrected and brand new in him. Isn't that amazing? And so one thing we notice is that when you become um, as his own, when you become a son and a daughter, when you step into that reality, your heart starts to burn with compassion. You start to see like him. You know, you start to have compassion for the broken and the lost. 
when you're not in that identity, you can be very selfish. You know, you can look at people for your own gain. You can look at opportunities for what you can get out of it. But when you're in God, it now becomes family focused. I believe that the highest level of spirituality, like the highest place we can go in the kingdom in spirituality is family and friendship. That God absolutely adores family and friendship. That when we gather in the church, when we out, when we worship, when we sing together, that this is the highest place in the Lord is community within his body giving him affection. Do you guys believe that? Is that this is the most amazing place when we're on the same accord and we're in connection together. And so I've noticed that when you get in him and in your identity, when you become his very own, you start to have compassion. As we see in the gospels, we see that Jesus, every time he stepped out to pray for someone or minister to somebody, he was moved by the compassion. He had a compassion in his heart that moved him to make a step to then pray for someone or to, to minister to someone to see them set free. And one thing that the Lord spoke to me this morning is if you break up the word compassion, right? So you go C-O-M and then passion. It almost can sound like come passion, like may passion come. May the, may the passion of the Lord come. And I believe to have compassion is to have passion that you're passionate about Jesus, but you're also passionate about people being transformed. And uh, on this note, I remember we went into this village, and uh, as we were in this village, we came up to this house, this little hut, and they were actually building their house. They had like sticks in the ground. There was no walls, no roof. Like it was, it did not look like a great place. It looked, you know, like these people were in a lot of need. And we came up and they had like this little campsite that they set up with some, some sticks and stuff and this big, uh, you know, blue tarp. And we came up and we met this one lady. She was sitting on the floor. And we came up and we greeted her. And when she would look at us, she wouldn't look at us in the eyes. She, it almost looked like she couldn't see us, like she was blind. And uh, we continued to speak to her and she kind of looked away. And when we stepped back a couple of meters, she couldn't actually see us. And she, her eyes were drifting off in the side um, and in the corners of, of, of like the, the view there. And uh, we asked her, we're like, hey, we would love to pray for you. And she said that we've, I'm seeing darkness. I see a lot of darkness around me. And when I see, I see all this darkness. And she said this. She said that she had, um, what was the, she had seizures. But the seizures would only come when there was a full moon outside. And so right off the bat, you know that this is witchcraft. This is some type of sorcery or the enemy having some demonic hold on this lady. And so we said, hey, we would love to pray for you. But would also love to lead you in a prayer of salvation. That Jesus would become your very own. And she said, yes, I would love you to pray for me. And so we spent some time in prayer and we commanded this darkness to leave her and for her to step into freedom and her to step into light and receive Jesus. And in the moment after prayer, she looked up and her eyes were looking all around the room. It was almost like she was surprised. And we asked her, what happened? She said, all the darkness just left. And now I can see. I can see your face. I can see, um, you know, your expression. I can now see you as you talk that the Lord completely lifted off this demonic blindness that came upon her, and now she has sight, which was amazing. Yes, Jesus. And so in that moment, we led her to the Lord. We're like, hey, do you want to meet this Jesus that just healed you? And she's like, yes, I want to meet this Jesus. And we led her in a prayer of salvation. She gave her heart to the Lord, and we connected her with a local pastor to get her now plugged into the church that she can be in community. It's amazing. And after that, uh, that moment, we turned to her husband, and her husband actually had blindness in his eyes. It wasn't demonic blindness, but it was physical blindness. And we said, hey, we would love to pray for you too. And he was a bit hesitant in the beginning. He's like, uh, what are you guys doing at my house? What's going on? Like, who are you? You know, we've got some white people that, this is what they say. We've got some white people at our house. This is, this is interesting. And um, we're like, hey, we're just here to preach Jesus. And he saw his wife get healed. And then he's like, yes, I want to be prayed for too. And I want to receive Jesus. And so we prayed for him that he would gain sight. And we begin to step back slowly and do the finger thing. You know, like, how many fingers am I holding up? How many now? And he began to, uh, you know, announce the correct number. He said, this is the number that I'm seeing. And it was correct. The Lord began to open up his eyes and get sight, which was amazing. And in that moment, he's like, I want to receive Jesus too. And so he prayed the prayer of salvation and he received Jesus as Lord and Savior. It was amazing. And at the same time, it was the most amazing thing. Because we're like in someone's kind of yard, but it's in the open. Um, people started like coming from the streets. And they're like, hey, I've heard what you guys are doing. I want to receive this Jesus. So I think we had like three or four or something like that. People literally come from who knows where. And they're like, I want to receive Jesus. I want to give my life to the Lord. 
I don't want to, one guy was like, I don't want to be an alcoholic anymore. Pray for me. I want this lifted off of me, and I want to receive Jesus. And it was just so beautiful, the hunger that people had to know Jesus. Not for, you know, they just wanted Jesus. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And another thing that comes to mind, um, we were in one of the villages that we were serving, and um, it's very, like, it's, like, almost to the ends of the world. Like, it's only been discovered by the government, like, only, like, 10 years ago. So um, they don't have electricity, no network, nothing. Um, so at nighttime, we, we did a crusade there. We did hut-to-hut villages, and we also showed the Jesus film. And one night, um, as Jack and Dennis were praying for this one boy to be set free, I noticed um, one, of, one of our guys, Steve, had a flashlight on, and this little boy had a fresh New, New Testament Bible, and he was trying to catch the light to read the Bible. So um, I, call, uh, I had a flashlight on me. So I called him aside, and I literally just sat next to him and, like, shone the light on his Bible while he was reading the Bible. And he was maybe, like, seven, eight years old. And it just wrecked me because of his hunger um, to read the Word of God. And it just made me think of, like, wow, like, in the States, we take things so for granted. Like, for them, sunset is at 7 p.m. They don't have light to come home and then read their Bible or journal. Um, they just have to take, you know, advantage of sunlight. And just seeing this, the hunger on this little boy to read the word of God, and he was just sitting next to me, and I was just getting wrecked by God, like almost crying, as I'm just holding a flashlight, and he's reading word by word, and like just meditating on the word, and the next morning we see him, and he's standing, all the kids are like playing around, and he's standing with his Bible and reading, and it just made me think of the scripture, Joshua 1.8, that I just want to read out, and and just let it be an encouragement to all of us, and it says, study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And I want that to be an encouragement for all of us. Don't let, you know, the distractions of this world keep us away from the very thing that gives us life. And like we saw like in Tanzania, in a small village where they don't have much, but they got the most precious gift they've ever received, and it's a Bible. And them just like digging into it to know what is this about? What does Jesus say? What does the word of God say? How should I live? And so many times, like, in the Western world, we decide what Christianity is while we put aside what the Bible says. And let us be a church that knows what the word of God says. Let us be a church that reads the word daily, that lives a life that everything that we do is according to the word of God. Because this is the living word of God, and it doesn't change. And it's been around for 6,000 years, the New Testament 2,000. But um, still, like, this is the word of God that doesn't change. So don't let the media, don't let the things of this world tell you how to live this life. But let us be guided by the word of God. Amen? Yeah, that's so good. Wow. It's amazing. You're amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing trip, too. Uh, I'm still wrecked by it, honestly. Like, I'm just really touched by what the Lord did. And I think one thing is that, you know, he would, uh, he would allow us to witness it and be a part of it. Uh, just to see his hand in another nation and just see how he's transforming and how he's moving. And as you know, uh, you know, Africa in a whole, it's very spiritual. And so there's a lot of activity. And so um, when there's, I guess, not an open heaven, but when, there, when there's such an access to the realm of the spirit, there's also such a large impact of the supernatural of God, of the kingdom. And so what we've noticed is that when we're there, there is greater power released. There is greater anointing that comes. And I believe it actually is very much connected to the hunger these people have for the supernatural. Is that they almost like pull on it. They pull it down. And so when you come and you minister, literally they're pulling on God and they encounter God. And so it's just an amazing honor to be there to witness people with such hunger pulling on the Father, pulling on heaven and seeing how it was transforming and, you know, wrecking their life. I remember uh, this one this one story. We came into this village. And uh, just to give a little bit of context here, I know that we didn't go into a lot of detail with just the logistics of it but we we we, we were staying in a city called Kagoma and uh, we drove eight hours eight hours in a car all the way to these villages now these villages are in the like little like pretty much in the middle of nowhere like there's nothing around there's absolutely nothing there's no electricity there's no running water there's nothing they go to the river to get water and uh, they drink that water and it's very bad for them um, they also bathe in it which was funny because we came in and we're like, so where the, where's the bathing spot and where's the drinking water spot? Just so we can understand. And they said the bathing spot's up top and then the drinking part's down the bottom. 
And I'm thinking, like, this is interesting because all the water from the top goes down. Like, <laughs> this is very interesting. Wouldn't you want to do it the other way? Get the fresh water first and then bathe in the secondhand water. But so we let them know, like, you need to make some changes in this village just to help you out. Uh, but amazing people. And the pastor there was incredible. Um, he, he's a real man of faith. And uh, just to give a little bit more context before I go into the story, uh, we stayed in tents on one side in the pastor's property. Then we had like this little grass field. And then on the other side, like it's not even that far away, was the witch doctor's house of that village. And there's been wild stories of this witch doctor actually wanting to injure and harm and hurt the pastor and do different things to him. And uh, this witch doctor is very aggressive sometimes and uh, does carry a lot of spiritual weight. Um, there's been many stories of him moving in power. One of the stories was that there was a campfire and uh, this man lifted up the fire um, with some type of demonic power and started to move the fire around in the air. And so the village that we were in was very known for witchcraft, very known for the demonic. And over the last five years of teams going in there and ministering, we started to see all the darkness and witchcraft get pushed out to the sides of the village. That now Jesus is making his kingdom and making himself known and dwelling in the midst of this village. And one thing that hit me is that all the witch doctors are freaking out right now in this village. They're like, what is happening? Like, we have no more power. We've lost our power to do things. Um, since the Christians came, we've started to lose our power. They must carry something. And so it's wonderful to see that in Jesus, there's no battle. Like, there's no battle against the demonic. It's not like a demon appears and God and an angel's fighting the demon. It's not true. The reality is when God comes in, the demons and the demonic must submit that God is all-powerful. Is that when you mention the name of Jesus, things shift. Things happen. That we truly serve a God that is all-powerful. That no demonic spirit, no devil can really have influence on your life. It's only when you let them. The truth is, is that when Jesus is reigning in you, that you're superior, you're above, you're not the tail. You're the head now. You know, you're not getting crushed by the things of the enemy. You're actually coming above it. You are above it. And so we really notice that, is that the witchcraft is getting pushed out of the villages um, because Jesus is now making himself known. And so I remember this one story, we went into the village, and there was this lady that we met, and she looked down. She, she looked very depressed. She wouldn't look at, look at us in our eyes. And we were speaking to her, and we found out that she was actually dedicated to witchcraft when she was a young girl. And some of these people that were dedicated to witchcraft, they have markings on their body. Um, it's very severe. And it, they literally get sold to the devil. It's very sad. And this is all they know, unfortunately. And so we met her and were speaking to her. And uh, she, we led her into a place where she wanted to receive Jesus and be set free of this torment of the enemy. And we said to her, do you have any type of uh, wristband or any type of necklace on you that represents anything demonic? And she says, yes, I do. And she pulled off these uh, bracelets. And she pulled off this necklace, and we said, we need to burn this in Jesus' name. And when we burn this, all soul ties, all uh, legal right of the enemy will be broken, and you'll be set free. And she said, yes, I want this. And so we took all of her bracelets, and we set up a fire, and we threw it in the fire, and we burnt it. And as we're burning it, we prayed for her, and we prayed that God would set her free, and this demonic oppression would lift off her life. And in that moment, she fully received Jesus. It was such a wonderful thing to see how her whole countenance changed. One moment she was depressed and she was sad, wouldn't look us in the eyes. The next moment when Jesus came in, the all-powerful Jesus, she looks at, she's looking at us, she's full of light, she looks different. One of the team members then got a word of knowledge. The Lord spoke to him and said that her husband is actually beating her and we need to pray for her husband. And so we meet her husband and uh, we're like, hey, your, your wife just encountered the Lord. We want to pray that you would encounter him too. And he said, let me wait and see how my wife does. And then if it's beneficial for her, then I'll give my heart to Jesus. And we said, hey, this is not how it works. We believe that the Lord sent us here to this village to meet with you right now, that you would receive Jesus. This is your time. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think so. Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. But then I begin to preach the gospel. I said, this is what Jesus did for you. This is the freedom and the eternal life that you can step into. And now is your moment. And he looked at me and said, okay, yes, I want it. And in that moment, it hit me. I'm like, wow, he just said, yes, this is wild. I didn't demonstrate power. I didn't show that uh, a healing or a miracle. I didn't see God do any of this. He just said, yes, I want to receive Jesus. And as I was processing it later, the Lord spoke to me and he said, there's power in the gospel. There's power in the message. And it changed everything because when I normally evangelize, I will pray for someone for healing. 
and then I'll say, hey, do you want to meet this Jesus? But God flipped that on the head and said, just in your preaching of the gospel, people will want to meet me. That salvation is a miracle. Salvation isn't persuading someone or man-made. Salvation is a miracle from God, and it's a heart transformation. And if you preach the gospel, there's power on it, and it will release a miracle of salvation. I'm like, God, this is crazy. This just changed everything for me. And so I will never again in my life, and this is a statement I'm making, I'll never see the gospel the same. I'll now see the gospel to carry true power and weight. That we don't need a demonstration. We don't need to prove why people need to give their heart to the Lord. We don't have to say, this is the list of benefits for you. The truth is, our job is to preach the gospel. God's job is to come in and release the miracle of salvation. Our job is not to make something happen. Our job is just to be a faithful witness and to live a life of the gospel and to share the good news of Jesus. Amen. And so in this moment, this guy's like, yes, I want to receive Jesus. We prayed for him and led him into a prayer of salvation. He accepted the Lord. We uh, connected him with a pastor. But then it also gets better. We sat there and we did marriage counseling with them. We said, hey, this is how you're now meant to treat your wife. You're meant to treat her with respect and honor. You're meant to love her, uplift her, encourage her, make her become all that God's created her to be, you know, support her, financially support her. And we saw this man shift perspectives of like, wow, I no longer need to control and be manipulative, but now I can be loving and caring, and I can be in a partnership with my wife. And so we saw God uh, not just set these people free from witchcraft, but also restore their marriage, which was amazing. Which brings me, I want to read Romans 1, 16, 1, 1, 6. I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ, or I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first, and then people everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. When, when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith, which moves us into number three, <laughs> looking like Jesus in righteousness and purity. Um, I believe God's calling us to live in right standing with God and also to live in purity. And it says in Matthew, like, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Um, and it was so beautiful because um, we met this one lady um, at the airport. We had to pick up some stuff from the airport. And I was drawn to this one lady. Um, her name was Dorothy. And um, she was just the be most beautiful um, woman. And I had a word of knowledge. We had a word of knowledge for her needs. So we got to pray for her, and they were completely healed. And she was just filled with so much just joy. And you could see that she was a woman of faith. Um, and it was just so beautiful to meet someone and to feel just that purity and that righteousness that can just come off of a person. You know how, like, you meet a person, you're like, you're a believer, like 100%. And that was, like, one of those moments. And then the next day, we had to go to that same place again. And she was sitting with someone, and she's like, hey, come over here pray for her as well. So we got to pray for her. And then um, this man comes out of the airplane and he was with crutches, limping. We find out that that woman we just prayed for, that was her husband. So then we got to pray for this man and he got completely healed, got her phone number and actually called us the day before we left. And he's like, hey, I'm just calling to say I'm still 100% healed. Thank you so much for like, you know, praying, for stopping and praying. We haven't met many people like that. This is incredible. And then um, we spent some more time later on with this woman, Dorothy, and she was saying, you know, when you guys came up and prayed for me, I started telling everybody my testimony, what God did in my life. And we just got to empower her and tell her, hey, like, this testimony is for you to share, but don't just stop there. You don't have to send people to, oh, where are those people that prayed for me? Now is the moment for you to start praying for other people and seeing them healed. And it was just so beautiful to see her empowered to like, hey, this testimony wasn't just for me. And yes, I've been sharing it with everyone, what God did, but now I could go a step further. And I can now pray for the people around me to see them saved, to see them healed, to see them delivered. And I think that's the beauty of the gospel. It's not just for us. It's not just, you know, hey, the people on stage who are these ministers of God. No, it's for every single person. Because the scripture says, like Jack said, go you know, heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel to everyone up to the ends of the world. And, um, yeah, 
Gospel is so good. Come on, that's amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll share one more testimony. There's many. And uh, I think later on we're going to probably post some more on Instagram and stuff like that. So you're more than welcome to go check it out later on. But um, this one testimony blew my mind of just how being in God's timing is everything. And that it's important to rest with the Lord and hear what He's saying. You know, right now, uh, I was sharing this with Brian yesterday a little bit as we are just spending some time in worship uh, at my house. And, uh, you know, we, we have this message right now that's going around that's about the adoration of the Father. It's about sitting at the feet of Jesus and being a Mary, not a Martha, and resting and just loving the Father. And, and yes, that is true. That is the foundation of all things. We must be in a place of intimacy with God where we adore Him, we love Him, we worship Him. Yes, it's about that, and that's a motivating factor of our Christian lifestyle. But also yesterday, the Lord spoke to me and said, I don't want your, hes- uh, your head to rest on my chest so much that my voice becomes muffled. You know, and if, if you don't realize that, that's a, a reference from, from John in the Bible when he rested his head upon Jesus. And yes, it's important to have those intimate moments with Jesus. But when we rest in that place and we become so content in that place, we can then sometimes be in a, in a spot where his voice becomes muffled and we don't hear what he's saying. And so I really feel like that we need to be in a place where uh, we're, uh, we're in intimacy and adoration with the Father, but we're aware of what he's saying so that we will go and that we will listen, that we'll be in his season, we'll be in his timing, and we'll know exactly what the Lord is releasing us into. And based on that, we saw this in Africa, in Tanzania, in one village. Uh, we're in this village, and uh, Lily was playing with these kids. We brought bubbles and soccer balls and all this different type of stuff just to play with the kids and show them that they're loved and they're, they're valued. And, and uh, we're, we're playing with these kids. We had bubbles. We're running around laughing. And uh, there was this man that came up and he approached us and we started talking to him. And he shared this story with us. He said, two nights ago, I had a dream. And in this dream, I saw white people come to the village. And then he said, I then had another dream last night. And it was the exact dream. The dream was there was white people coming to the village that would pray over my church, bless me, and also help out uh, with some of the resources. And so he said, that morning, this morning, I went over uh, to, the, to my neighbor and I said, hey, last night I had the same dream. This is what happened. And his neighbor responded and said, wow, that might be a prophecy from God. Maybe this is going to happen. Who knows? But one day it will. I believe it. And so later on that day, Lily and I are playing with the bubbles, playing with the kids, and uh, his neighbor noticed us in the distance. And uh, she called him over and said, hey, pastor, come here. He, he's like, what's going on? And the lady said, you know your dream that you had two nights in a, row, in a row? Wow, it just came true. Look at these people. There's white people in the village. And he ran over and connected with us and shared with us the dream. And in that moment, we knew that this is God's moment. This is what God is preparing before us. And so we went hut to hut praying for people and people getting saved and now connected with this pastor that's about to plant his church here in the village. And then we went to uh, his land and we prayed over the land. We prophesied over the land that this church will prosper. And we also anointed the corners of the land that no demon, no devil can attack, that it's going to prosper in Jesus' name. And then after that, he said, I want to invite you to this house. And we went to this house. And inside this house was a bunch of people waiting to meet with us and hear the word of the Lord. And one of the people said, I was listening to your message when you would pray for people. And one thing I noticed about your message was you were not trying to save someone in a denomination, but you were just trying to preach Jesus. I'm like, yes, we're not here about denominations. Denomination actually means to divide. We're here to reconcile people back to God, that we're all one body of Christ, that it's not your church, my church, that sect, that sect, but it's all in one advancing the kingdom of God together. And they said, wow, we've never really heard this message before. Can you please teach us? And so we sat there for about 45 minutes and we taught these guys of how to heal the sick, raise their cast out demons, the same power. We, we equipped them in the things of God that they can now see their village transformed. And we spoke about unity in the body of Christ. It was such an amazing moment. And in that moment, uh, there was two people in the room that were very sick. And now instead of us praying as the white people coming in and, and them looking up to us as someone that has an answer or solution, we now said, what we have, you also have. And we said, we want you now to pray for these people. And so they laid hands and they prayed. And God completely healed them. That that day in that village, the church had a wake-up call that the same power lives in, in them. That they don't need to wait for a miracle or for someone to come. But now they know that it lives in them and they have the message. And it's Jesus. 
And so we enabled them. We said, hey, we're empowering you today that when we leave, that you would continue the work of God, that you would go hut to hut, that you would go person to person, and you would pray for people, and you would see this village transformed because you now have the solution. It was amazing. And as I was leaving, the Lord spoke to me and said, today you planted a seed where you're going to see many saved, and in the future you're going to hear testimonies of this church being very large because you broke the wall of denomination and you brought the spirit of unity, which is the Holy Spirit. And so it's such an amazing moment. And just because of time's sake, I'll just love you to stand up with me this morning. And I just want to recap. I know that we did testimonies in a word, and it, it was cool. I think it worked well. But I believe today that these testimonies would inspire you, and the, this word would inspire you to think kingdom-minded instead of worldly-minded, that we would step into the things of God, and we would pursue the things of God. That it wouldn't be about our self-gain or what we can get or what we can do, but it would be about the kingdom so that it would be about other people. And what I've noticed in my life, and this is something that I don't, I don't think it's my word, but you can totally tweak this and just say unknown. But this is a, a quote I want to leave with you. That if you put God first, you will never come second. If you put God first, you will never come second. That when you're in the kingdom, it's not that you're letting go of something that you could succeed in. It's actually that you're stepping in and gaining everything that you had created and designed for. That in God, you'll prosper. In God, you'll bear much fruit. In God, you'll succeed. And I don't just mean in the things of, king, of the kingdom, but I also mean in the things of this world, such as business, such as going to school, such as family, all of these different things. It's not secular and sacred. But in the kingdom, it's all, it's all of it, all and more, that we can be in him and be succeeding in the things of this world. I love that scripture. It says that um, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We partake of things that were created by God, but we're not partaking in the spirit that is not God. And so it's God's spirit in the things of this world. Amen? Amen. I would love to pray for you this morning uh, that, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, that you would come into a place where you would choose God, uh, that you would seek God, that you would pursue Him, that you would make a date with God, that you would start to pray more, that you would start to more, that you would start to engage in what God is saying, that you wouldn't just rest on His chest, but you would hear His voice and you would go. And this morning, I believe that God is releasing a commissioning for all of us now to go into this world and preach the gospel, preach the good news, to see people set free. Amen? Amen. So would you lift your hands? I'll just pray for you and uh, believe that God is going to do amazing things. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, we adore you. We adore you. Father, I thank you that it's the place of intimacy with you that we find our motivation and we find our purpose. God, I pray that this morning that you would release us into a deeper, a deeper revelation of knowing you. That, God, that we wouldn't just know religion. We wouldn't know structure. We wouldn't know these things, even though they're great but we would know you above all things, that you would be the motivating factor for all we do. And Father, I just invite you to rest upon every single person, every single spirit in this building, that they would be enabled to do the impossible, that they would have grace to see you work in amazing ways in their life. That God, it's not just for Tanzania, it's not just for the mission field, but God, it's for here too, it's for us too. And so today, God, I just release your spirit to rest upon us this morning. I release your anointing to rest upon us this morning. That God, that we would step into the kingdom. We would make the transfer, we'd make the transition from a mindset of this world to a mindset of the kingdom. I bless your people, Father. And lastly, Lord, I ask that you would open their eyes, you would open their ears. God, to hear and perceive you. That God, they would truly walk as sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Yeah, God, and I just pray for a revelation of just the gospel the revelation of what you did on the cross so it wouldn't be something that we just know of but we just know with our whole heart thank you god for just like a um just a revelation of truly what you did on the cross so that as each one of us leaves today we would never be the same they would be fully indebted to what you did on that cross god we just thank you for it you thank you that the gospel is so real that it's moving, God. And I just thank you that we would understand the power of the gospel and what it did for us and what it can do for everyone else around. We just thank you, God, that 
Christianity is for all people and all nations, that we don't need to speak a certain language to reach you, but that every tribe, every nation, every language can reach out and say, Papa, and that you'll answer. He said, draw near, and you'll draw near to them. So God, we just thank you that you're an all-powerful God, that you're moving today just like you moved 2,000 years ago, and you're going to move tomorrow again and again. Father, and lastly, um, I just uh, just want to do something where uh, I want to pray for a people group here. Raise your hand if you're going to college, if you just stepped into college or back to school, or uh, you're yep, so you're coming in, or if you're going out. Raise your hand if like God's calling you. I know there's some people in here that are going to Brazil this week, and some other uh, friends of mine that are going to Texas, and it's amazing what God is doing. So just keep your hand raised, just so I can see you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great. I would love to pray for you. Um, and just to hit that, that note again is that we're going to pray and commission you to step into the school year uh, to succeed um, and to also release the kingdom. That it's not just studying, but it's also pursuing the Father and seeing God impact and trans people, uh, transform people as well. And I want to bless this year that you would have even a double portion year. That as you do this, you'll see God bless you double portion that you'll see God bless you a hundredfold, that everything you lay hands on, that it would prosper, that it would multiply. I even see it in my mind right now that you're touching things and it's turning to gold, that God is starting to prosper you and quicken you. And I pray that this year would not take a toll on you, but it would be a year where you would advance and that you would go to the next level and you would feel full of energy. And also, let me, let me just pray because I'm kind of describing what I'm going to pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for clarity right now in Jesus' name over every person that's going to school, that's coming in or going out, going to college, going to ministry school. God, we pray for a quickening in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation, the spirit of understanding and wisdom to rest upon them in Jesus' name. That, Father, that when they look at the books, when they look at the work that they need to do, that there's a supernatural transfer of understanding, that they read it and they get it. They read it and they get it. And, Father, I also pray as well um, that there would be an acceleration too, that in this year that they would do things quicker than they thought they could do it. That, God, even the breakthrough or the freedom that they release or whatever it is or the education, that, God, there's an acceleration in this season that God they get it so much faster so much quicker they understand it faster and Lord I pray that in the midst of this busy season that you would also speak to them that you would mark them with encounter in Jesus name that when they come back from school that they'll sit in their room and they'll encounter you that they'll do their work in your presence that God they'll be filled with your peace your love your grace and your goodness that they'll know that you're near and lastly, God, I pray that purpose would be released. I pray that destiny would be released. I pray, Father, that you would release the call and the mandate on their life. That, God, that people that are in confusion or in a place where they don't know where they're meant to go next, that, God, that you would highlight it in this season. In Jesus' name, I bless every person that's transitioning in and transitioning out. That, God, they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and they would receive all that they're destined to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.